Welcome to Emotionally Healthy Legacy. My name is Elizabeth and I am a mom of four. I have three boys and one little girl. My goal here is to educate moms about emotional wellness and motherhood, learning how to regulate their own emotions in a healthy way, and then teaching their little ones regulating their emotions and how to build close relationships and families. Hello, friends. Welcome back to a new episode. Today, I have a special guest. She's actually my sister-in-law. Her name is Lily, and I'm really excited to talk today about, um, we'll be talking about kind of postpartum and the emotions we are experiencing and the challenges that can happen when you are have, have a fussy baby or a colicky baby and how that impact, impacts us. And also, what things can we do to help ourselves and support ourselves so we um, emotionally are doing better and not uh, be as frustrated and upset and even angry at our little ones. So Lily, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. And I would love to have an honest conversation today about just kind of the emotions you experienced as a new mom. Yeah, well, thank you for having me. Um definitely one of those things I think um, hard to share about, um, especially dealing with mom guilt with how I handled it initially. But nonetheless, I know it's an important thing to share about. But um, so I was a first time mom. I have a 14 month old and now um, and she was born in August of 2020. Uh, besides everything that was going on with COVID and everything. Um, I was having, I think initially a hard time kind of bonding with my pregnancy, kind of like things are happening to my body. I don't know what it is, but that's, I guess it's there. Um, I spent a lot of time prepping for labor, which I'm glad I did. And labor went relatively well. Um, what I didn't prepare for was, what it's like to have a newborn and that every newborn is different. And my expectation was kind of having this newborn that would sleep all the time, just eat, poop, sleep, you know, do their little cycle. And I knew there would be sleep deprivation. Um, I definitely wasn't expecting it to be uh, for 10 months. Um, and I know some people have it longer I thought, you know, be maybe three months max, but it should get better even after the first month. Um, little did I know that my form baby was, um, first of all, first two weeks were okay. We were adjusting, but then colic started and we couldn't, we couldn't get her down from 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. We were up for three hours while she's screaming her head off. She hated being swaddled. She would literally scream anytime I tried swaddling her, uh, putting her in a baby carrier, doing anything that I found was the generic thing you do as a mom. Like she didn't, she didn't like any of those things. Um, her stomach seemed super upset. We kept going back to the pediatrician with kind of no help of what's going on. And all I was told is try cutting out this food, this food, this food, um, and the sleep deprivation. She was up 
probably anywhere from three to four times a night, sometimes more. Um, so it was just, it was getting really exhausting by month two. Um, I just remember there was one night specifically. She was up around 4 a.m. and she was up for an hour just screaming her head off. And this has been get happening pretty much every night. And by day or night four or five at this point, I just remember completely losing it. I had this moment of just complete rage take over me and feeling like she's doing this on purpose. She's manipulating me and trying to control me. Mm-hmm. And I literally had this thought of wanting to just throw her against the wall. Like I couldn't, I couldn't handle the emotion anymore. It was a rage I've never felt in my life. And it, it shocked me that I was feeling that towards my own child. That wasn't, you know, anybody endangering me or something like that. It was just my, my own kid is just screaming her head off for an hour. And I, I, I can't help her. I'm trying to feed her, burp her, change her. Um, my husband tried for an hour. Like we just, we, we can figure out what was wrong. And I just had to turn on like the nursing part of me, what I've learned in nursing school. You have to, you have to walk away. And I was like, I'm about to physically hurt her. I have to put her down in her crib and I have to, I have to walk away. Um, even though I, I want to help her, but at the same time, I'm so irritated right now. I know I'm, I'm going to hurt her. Um, and I just remember I kind of like <laughs> tossed her in her crib and just shut the door and went downstairs to do laundry, fold laundry at 4 a.m., just bawling in the laundry room, feeling like being so ashamed that I just, I had that thought of wanting to hurt my own child. Um, and knowing that like I'm failing, I can't help her. I can't help her. I don't know what's going on. Um, when will this end? And just this, um, um, the biggest like feeling that I felt was I'm not cut out to be a mom. This was not that I'm not even a good mom. I'm just not meant to be a mom. This is, this is too hard. Um, and then just feeling super ashamed for wanting not to be a mom or like wanting to hurt her. But, um, kind of as time went on, uh, things did get better. (laughs) The sleep deprivation, uh, kind of, came in adjustment. We did some sleep training. We figured out she had egg allergies that was causing majority of her stomach issues. And, um, yeah, now she's, she's such a great kid and we're, we're so lucky to have her, but it was definitely a very, very rocky road to get there. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. That's like, as you're talking about it, I'm getting emotional because it just, it's such a, like, challenging place to be emotionally you just feel so heavy like we talked about before with you that you said like you even felt resentful like towards your baby because like you felt like she was manipulating you and crying for I don't know what reason we didn't know at that time what it was and like she's also was kind of like a challenging in the sense of like if she's undertired, she wouldn't sleep. If she's overtired, she wouldn't sleep. And so you had to pick that perfect moment where she would fall asleep, you know. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. That was the other thing is like, I assumed babies, you know, they're just up awake for maybe 30 minutes and then they just sleep majority of the time. And Elsie was very different. She was what we know now. She's very sensitive um, to light in her environment. And she'd be up as a newborn sometimes for 90 plus minutes. And like, how is your brain handling this? Then I'm having the anxiety of like, you can't handle this. Like we are on a time crunch. Like we need to get you down ASAP. And that was stressing me out a lot because she was difficult for sure to put to sleep again, didn't like being swaddled, didn't like being rocked. So it was really challenging to figure out her specifically and what works for her. Um, and we did, um, but it was, it was definitely not what I was expecting out of a newborn. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, right now I have a baby and she's three and a half months old and I am grateful that she's been a really easy baby so far, but I have had a experience with a colicky baby. And I remember my experience was he was my second one. And I remember he was crying for a long time. And we, I talked to you about this story too. And he finally fell asleep. I put him in the swing. And then my older son, who was three years old at that time, he, for some reason, decided to come up to him and bite his finger you know, his brother who was like a month, a month and a half old. And obviously the baby woke up screaming. And I remember like, I totally lost it. Like I came up to my older son and I physically hurt him because I was so angry. I experienced also like, I cannot believe I have this rage inside of me. I am so angry. And um, we'll talk about a little bit right now, what causes that anger and rage, what's going on in our brain and why it's happening. Um. If you're a mom that struggles with handling her challenging emotions in a healthy way, listen up. I got a tool for you. If you go in the show notes of this podcast, you will see a link where you can sign up for a five-day free mini course. And in that mini course, you get to learn actual practical things that you can do in the moment and outside of the moment to be more patient and calm so you're not as overwhelmed, so you're not as stressed, and actual ways to learn to de-stress yourself and calm your nervous system down. How often do we hear that we shouldn't react, we should respond? And the problem is, well, how? In the moment, I don't know how because I'm so overwhelmed and so triggered. In this mini course, you get to learn the how. I am so excited that I have these skills that I can share with you. So go in the show notes, click on the link, enter your email, and then you can start the five-day free mini course. All right, so what I want to talk about is like, why are we experiencing rage and anger in that situation? There's several reasons. And one of the basic reasons is because we're sleep deprived. Sleep is so important. And in order for us to be able to regulate our emotions and being able to do that and our thinking brain to work well, we have to get enough sleep. And obviously, when you are in the stage of like, being sleep deprived during the day, during the night, like that's a lot of stress on your brain. 
And so your brain is a lot more easily dysregulated when it's sleep deprived. The other thing is skipping meals when we don't have the time to sit down and eat because your baby's fussy constantly. That's another reason why we will get dysregulated. Meals is like uh, eating meals is like a basic need. And when that meat is not met, our baby brain goes into threat mode. And when we are into in our threat mode, we also shift back to emotional and survival part of the brain. And that part of the brain is not able to make positive choices. So that's like big, like basic reason why we experience anger and frustration with a newborn. The other thing is like feeling out of control, not being able to figure out what's going on. And that's like an emotional need that's not being met. Like you, all of this is happening and you have no idea what to do about it. You tried this, you tried that, you tried that. And your brain starts to feel like out of control that you're not able to manage the situation. And that also shifts our brain into threat mode, into stress mode, and we will act out on our emotional and survival part of the brain. When we shift to the like the survival part of the brain, that's when it starts to get fight, flight, or freeze. That's when, like you said, you wanted to physically almost hurt your baby. That is a survival part of the brain. It's the stress is so high in your brain the combination of everything, your brain literally just wants to fight the situation. It's not able to think clearly. It's not able to see the perspective like, oh, my baby's having a hard time. There's probably a reason why she's crying. You're only seeing your perspective like, I'm tired. I'm exhausted. I want to sleep. I can't get this baby to stop crying. It feels so out of control. And your brain just wants to like fight it by like almost like forcing the baby to stop crying. I remember with my second one, he was crying also for a long time and I was getting so frustrated. I literally put my hand over his mouth to just not hear him scream. And like also wanting to physically hurt my child because it just, it was so triggering. It was so much. It was so overwhelming. It felt insanely challenging and hard. And I also experienced feelings of frustration and even like rage to actually want to hurt my child. I remember with our first, when we were leaving the hospital, they had us watch a a DVD about shaken baby syndrome. And I don't know if it was just like a first time parent or if it's just something they used to do years ago. But I remember like holding my newborn, my first one, I'm like, why in the world would I ever want to hurt this? sweet little thing you know they're so precious and and then when I experienced it with my second son I'm like I understand I understand why they have parents watch that video and teach them to walk away put the baby down yes the baby's crying yes they're probably something is bothering them but it's so much better for you to walk away than ended up hurting your baby in that moment um Can we talk a little bit about, you said you felt like she was trying to manipulate you and that she was doing that on purpose. And that perspective, those thoughts, what they were feeding negative emotions and they were feeding that frustration and anger. Let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, just, um, it's, it's really funny now that I look back, you know, thinking about, she has 
just physical needs all the time. She's not capable of a meeting them. Um, and she's, she's never trying to manipulate me, but at the time, um, definitely being the sleep deprivation, uh, my husband had to go back to work about, he was only about four or five weeks off, which I was grateful for that time, but his presence really helped because we tag team everything. And then he, he was gone back to work. I, and it's without fail. It was, she wanted to eat when I was getting really hungry. So it half the time I felt like I have this physical need and you're constantly ha having your own physical needs at the time when I need to meet my own or, um, you know, with the sleep deprivation, I'm like, I'm so tired. Why do you keep waking up? There's, there sh shouldn't be any reason for you to keep waking up three to four times a night. You've been fed, you've changed you. Like, I, I don't know why, why are you, why do you keep waking up? So it was just not even understanding um, how her brain processes things and or lack of processing and um, that she doesn't cry without a reason. She's, mm -hmm. she's crying because she has a need. And that's her yeah. only way of communication. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You can't be like, Hey mom, my tummy's hurting. Yeah. I'm sensitive to eggs. That's why I'm crying. <laughs> yeah. Like stop eating eggs. This is really hurting my stomach. Like, and now like when I look back, I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like mm. I was causing part of the issue and I wasn't realizing because I was so drawn in my physical needs, my, my emotional needs that weren't being met. I wasn't thinking about something's going on with her. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a reason why she's being difficult. And it's not that she's trying to be, um, she's just having a hard time herself. Yeah, and that's like one of the mindset perspective shifts that we can do that affects how we feel about the situation. So if we're thinking like, oh, she's manipulating me, she is doing this on purpose, that will bring out negative feelings such as frustration and irritation, annoyance, you're, you're mm -hmm. going to feel snappy, anger, maybe even rage. But if we're coming, if we're shifting our mindset and thinking the perspective from a perspective like something is going on something is not right something is bothering her she's crying for some reason this is her only way of communication i don't know what the reason is but there is a reason and i am her safe person to mm -hmm. like help her feel safe um that like shifting your mindset to that and like that is going to help us not experience as many of those negative emotions. Though I can say that we have automatic negative thoughts and your automatic negative, like you didn't have to think about it. You didn't have to like force that, that it just automatically popped in your head. She's trying to manipulate me. Like she, you know, she's trying to control me. Those are automatic negative thoughts. And one of the ways that we can shift them is to proactively change our mindset. In the moment, your thinking brain is shut off. So it's really hard to remember things like that in the moment. But like, as you're listening to this new moms, or um, like you go throughout the day, you can tell your thoughts like, 
if my baby's crying, it's because she's having a hard time. She's not giving me a hard time. And like shifting that will help you be more compassionate in the moment and not as easily triggered in the moment. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Uh, and I kind of like, as I mentioned, I think part of the problem for me too was I I didn't bond with her right away. Um, like I said, it's way better now and definitely bonded to her. But even that made a difference of, okay, I'm like, I remember thinking like, I have to intentionally try to bond with her so I can try to see what's going on instead of like, you came and you're ruining my life, <laughs> like mm-hmm. in that kind of perspective. Um, so I, I just remember taking intentional steps daily of thinking positively about her and trying to um, just bond with her when she's smiling, when she's babbling, um, during nursing, um, just just any opportunities to actually start shifting my mindset about her. Yeah. I, um, so for moms that are maybe going through this or are pregnant or who may in the future have a baby that is challenging in the first several months, there's a few things I want you to kind of remember. So one of them is if your basic needs are not met, like sleeping and eating, you will be much more easily dysregulated and your brain will shift to emotional part of the brain, which is feeling frustrated, irritated, annoyed, triggered. If it's there long enough and the baby is crying, that puts extra stress on the brain. You feel out of control that will shift you to your survival part of the brain, which eventually it will come to a point where you're like, I just want to physically hurt this baby. And there's a couple things that you can do to help yourself. So if at all possible, meeting those basic needs and prioritizing them from as, as much as you can, obviously, you know, we can't always, but as much as you can. That is one thing. The other thing is like asking for help. If you have a spouse that is able to help out communicating with them, hey, can you come from work early today? It's been a really rough day. I need your help. If you have other family members, like you said, you have siblings that you were able, they could able to come and like help you out during the day. We have like, if you have a mom or a friend or somebody that can help out and just maybe even be with a baby for a couple hours during the day so you can nap and catch up on some of that sleep, that is really, really helpful. Um, Another thing is that um, when you're so dysregulated, the best thing you can do for the safety of you and the baby is to leave the baby and walk away and cool off during that time, like be able to calm down. That's like the wisest and the smartest thing you can do so you don't end up doing anything hurtful. Um, what is something that you learned to do in the moment when you're frustrated? Because you are part of my um, people of that are in my membership that is called Emotionally Healthy Mom. And in that membership, we learn skills to be able to regulate our emotions in a healthy way. So now that you have been in there for a little while, what is something that you learned that you do in the moment when things are really frustrating and irritating with, you know, your baby girl to help you stay more calm. Yeah. Um, honestly, the biggest takeaway I had 
was when I notice I'm starting to like my emotion is starting to ramp up, like I'm getting frustrated, stressed out. Um, the first thing to do was to honestly take a deep breath. So to like what you've been ta talking about and teaching about to sh start switching from the emotional part and getting back into my logical side of the brain and saying, okay, what is happening? Um, so taking a few deep breaths during the moment really helps me shift back, shift my focus back. And then kind of just what you've already mentioned, thinking about she's having a hard time. I'm having a hard time. Is there physical needs that I have at this moment that are not being met? Am I tired? Am I hungry? Um, do I need to go to the bathroom? Do I need to drink some water? Um, what do I need to do for myself at this moment to meet my physical needs? Um, and once I'm able to identify that, you know, I can usually pretty easily meet, meet that or be like, okay, I'm, I'm just hungry. Let me meet her need right now, whatever she needs to, and then I need to go eat instead of keeping myself hungry and ramping up even more in my frustration. Um, but yeah, kind of the deep breath breathing really helps me get back into the logical part of the brain and being like, okay, what's going on and what can I do to meet my needs and her needs at the moment? Yeah, that's really good. I do deep breathing a lot. And actually when you have a baby and you're doing deep breathing and you're holding them, it's called co-regulation. You're teaching your baby how to regulate um, over time because you're when you are calming down and you're having a calm energy, the baby's able to borrow some of that energy. So like even my little one who's three months old, he, she was really fussy last week. I had a really, really rough day. And during that day, I did a lot of deep breathing. And the other thing that's been helpful for me also is singing a lullaby or singing a song that is actually like calming and relaxing. And what that does, it's um, it calms your body down as an adult. Like when you're singing a calming song, it calms you down. And also as your baby is hearing you sing, it also calms them down. That helps them kind of like regulate. And as you're taking deep breaths, like that, those are like super helpful. And then like, I also been saying to my baby out loud, I'm like, oh, you're crying. You're having a hard time. Something is not right. And that also helps like my brain to remember, like if she's crying, if she's fussy, there's a reason. And that helps me not get as triggered and frustrated. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Those are, those are always like really helpful tips. So I'm glad you're able to share them with even more moms. Yeah. Yeah. So this is what I want you to walk away with ladies. This is what I want you to remember is that um, when our baby cries, there's usually a reason they, maybe they just want to be held and they want to feel safe next to you because you're their safe person. That could be the reason or it's something is hurting and bothering them. There's a reason. And when we see it from that perspective, we have more compassionate and we don't get as triggered. Um, when we meet our basic needs for sleep and eat, we're able to stay more regulated. Um, asking for help is not a sign of weakness. It's a positive thing. And it's so much better to ask for help than ended up and being like so frustrated that you want to hurt your baby. Um, 
best thing what you can do in the moment if you're too frustrated to calm your baby baby down is to leave them in a safe place and walk away and regulate yourself and by doing either deep breathing singing a song saying positive affirmations we talked in a you know in our podcast before about visualization visualizing yourself in a safe calm place as you're taking deep breaths um, those are things that you can do. And once you calm down, you can go back and like pick up your baby and able to stay more calm and help them calm down. So I am so thankful that you were able to come on and like honestly share the emotions you experience because not many moms are willing to do that, admitting that they felt resentment and anger and rage towards their newborn baby. That is really, really challenging to admit because a lot of mom guilt comes with that. And mom guilt is real. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. It's so, like, especially when you either yell at your baby or, or hurt them in any way. And then like, And then you think back, especially you're like, oh, wow, they were having a hard time. And I was angry at them that they were having a hard time. You feel like you're the worst parent ever. Mm -hmm. Um, What what did you, uh, like one last question, like what is something that you learned about mom guilt? Like what, obviously it's not serving us. It's not helpful. Um, what is something that you've been like a lesson that maybe you learned about mom guilt um, and things that you maybe some mindset shift or something that's been helpful for you? Yeah. Well, first of all, what you said that it's real. I, I don't think you can understand what mom guilt is until you're a mom. Um, but kind of the biggest thing I learned is that it's not, it doesn't define you. It's not, part of who you are and like not not to live in that but it's a learning opportunity um kind of being like okay when i'm my physical needs are not being met um i'm i'm not a nice person and it's expected so what can i do to make make sure my physical needs are being met somewhat as you've mentioned um and the other thing is the biggest thing was was talking about it because um, I I think it happens often, but we're so ashamed and we don't want to talk about it, mm. and not share, and instead kind of encourage other moms and be like, "You're not you're not a bad mom. You're not a bad parent. You're just having, having a hard time." Yes, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like you're having a hard time, and your child is having a hard time, and that's okay. You're both learning. It's totally okay. Um, but not to, yeah, bury it somewhere and, and just carry around with that shame. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for speaking on that. That is so helpful. And I know there's going to be moms that find encouragement in this, and it will be helpful for them as well. I really appreciate your honesty and your vulnerability to speak on this. Thank you so much, oh, thank Lily. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah. I'm really glad I can share my experience. Yes. I've noticed that a lot of moms have a hard time investing in themselves. They think, oh, I'll just figure this out on my own. I will just, I'll get it eventually. I just need to try harder. But has it worked? Has it really, really worked for you? I know that I personally had to go through a season in my life where I had to invest a lot financially 
to become a better version of myself. I was really struggling, I was in a dark place, and I needed somebody to hold my hand and tell me what the next step was. I did not want to be the mom that is angry, that is overwhelmed, that is irritated, that is frustrated, that is snappy at my kids. That's not the kind of mom I wanted my kids to remember. So I ended up going to counseling and investing into myself. I learned so much through that. And now I am so passionate in helping moms to become better versions of themselves. Oftentimes, we just don't know where to start. None of us were really taught how to regulate our own emotions under stress. Most of us have no idea how to do that, and our parents never did it. Nobody taught us. And sometimes we really just need someone to hold our hand and tell us what to do. I'm here for you, Mama. In the show notes, you can sign up for my monthly membership where you get to learn how to become a more patient mom. You get to learn how to regulate your own challenging emotions. We get to do things proactively where we support ourselves so we are more patient to begin with. Also, I offer now one-on-one coaching for moms that really need the one-on-one, who are really, really struggling, who don't want to talk about their problem in a group setting, but they really need that support. They need to figure out why they're stressed out to begin with, how to cut their stress out of their lives, how to manage their stress, how to regulate their own emotions in a way that works for them. I just want to let you know, I got you, Mama. So check out in the show notes. You can email me directly for the membership or you can email me directly at hello, emotionallyhealthylegacy.com.